I will say this, if you have children in here and you're a little concerned about some uh, sensitive nature, that might be a good time for them to go to kids' church. So just bear that in mind because I'm going there. We're gonna, I, I'm so tired of dealing with the fruit of problems and not the root of problems. Um, we're masters in the church and really as a society in dealing with the fruit of issues and not really dealing with the real issues. So if you fix the root of the problem, you fix what? The fruit of the problem. Is that right? So last week we talked a lot about sexual things, you know, that sex is from God. God is for it. God created it. As a married couple, as a husband and wife under the confines of biblical marriage, God wants you to have sex. It's a beautiful thing. We talked about the different areas in which he says not to. Well, today I want to kind of get to um, a very sensitive issue that is very prevalent in America and it's very prevalent in church, and it's very prevalent even in pulpits, and uh, even among some pastors. You, this, is a, this is a real root of a problem that's creating a lot of fruit problems. So, how many want to hear what God has to say? Does everybody still like the truth? I promise you, hang in there till Easter, we'll, we'll get on Jesus, and you'll be shouting me down then, and like last week, it was very quiet. One guy said, man, I didn't know whether to shout, yeah, or hold back, or look around, I didn't know what to do. <laughs> well, I want to get right into this today, and the subject today is, uh, is on pornography. Pornography, the great hidden sin, which I believe leads to a host of marital problems, sexual problems, emotional problems, mental problems, spiritual, you name it. It is a root problem that we deal with in America. America is inundated with this nasty, lustful spirit. It is in our faces in billboards. It's in our faces in commercials on TV now, sitcoms, movies, internet. Accidental clicks on the internet can give you eyefuls. Um, you know, uh, there's, there's all kinds of stuff that can happen that's not good. And I want to just preach on this subject because we're here to help. This is not a condemning message. None of these messages are to condemn anybody. They're messages of truth to help people get free. Do we still want freedom? There's still freedom in the church, amen? Christ still wants to make us free, so praise God for that. So if you will stand uh, to your feet for the reading of God's word, where the, title, the, the message uh, title today is, Pornography, the great hidden sin. Everybody say pornography. I know some of you shivered right there when you said the word. Some of you were like, whoa. Uh, pornography, everybody say the great hidden sin. Amen. So we're going to turn, turn your Bibles if you will. And by the way, you've got version notes that you can turn to and you can keep these and you can refer back to them and, uh, and get back there. All right. Matthew chapter 5 verse 27 through 28, it's going to be on the overhead, and just as you're getting ready for that, I want to welcome my father-in-law and mother-in-law here with us this weekend, and uh, we're so glad to have them, yay, amen, all right, Matthew chapter 5, again, we're going to go there, so here we go, it's, it's, uh, it's full on go now, Matthew chapter 5, verse 27 through 28, if you're there, shout out a good amen. Jesus speaking, he said, you have heard it was said to those of old, you shall not commit adultery. We talked about that last week. But I say to you that whoever looks at a woman to lust for her has already committed adultery with her and his heart. 
He basically says, look, I'm going to go take this thing beyond just a sexual sin physically making it happen out there. He said, I'm going to deal with your heart because if you start having lustful thoughts toward another person in your heart, you start having sexual fantasies, guys, you start undressing girls in your mind. He said, you've already done it in your heart because once you're there, you're going the whole way. And this is a serious issue. And I know it's sensitive. I know that there's a lot of pastors that won't go there. But listen, if it's in the Bible, I'm going to preach it when God leads it. Amen? Is that all right? Praise God. I know some people as a pastor, if you just lighten up a little, we'd have a few more people in the church. Look, I'm just the mailman. When the mailman delivers your tax bill or he delivers a bill to your house, you don't run out and threaten him and tell him don't deliver bad mail anymore, do you? No, you just take the mail. It's not his problem. He's just a mailman. Well, that's all I am is the mailman. Amen? So when you get in the car, you just say, I need to take this up with God because Pastor D is just a mailman. Amen? And I am praying and fasting and hearing from God. I really am. Some of you are probably like, Pastor ain't hearing from God no more. <laughs> he gets on Jesus, he'll be hearing from God again. But with all this stuff, I don't know about this. I promise you, this is God's word for this hour. Amen? Amen. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your word. I pray, Lord Jesus, that we will take this very, very seriously. God, I pray that there's, I know, Spirit of God, you're in this house, and I pray there be freedom in this house today. Lord, I, I'm not naive. I know in a message like this that there's probably a, not going to be a strong response outwardly, but inwardly, I know there are people in here struggling with this. So I'm asking for deliverance and total freedom in this area. Jesus, I pray you speak right through me, not one word of my own, but every word from the throne of God into our hearts. I pray, God, you anoint me to speak this as you've given it, not in my own way, not in my own thoughts, but straight from you. I pray, God, that it come across not in any kind of condemning or any other way, but just here's the truth and there is hope for us. And so, God, I'm asking you now to bless this word. Let it fall in the good soil of our hearts and grow and bear forth fruit in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said... Amen. Hold your Bibles up in whatever form you have, and let's boldly declare, Father, today, this week, by your grace, I'm going to be a doer of your word and not a hearer only, deceiving my own self. Now, Lord, anoint my ears, anoint my heart, anoint my spirit, my soul, my mind, and my body to receive the truth of your word. In Christ's name I pray. Amen, amen. If they got a green bracelet on, give them a high five. If they don't, give them an air high five. Tell them, praise God for the truth. An eight-year-old girl went to her dad working in the yard, and she said, Daddy, what is sex? He was kind of stunned by her question at such a young age. He thought for a second, he thought, well... I guess if she's old enough to ask about it, I guess she deserves a straight answer. So we began to tell her all about the birds and the bees. And he finished up. Her mouth was hanging open. Her eyes were big as saucers. He said, honey, why'd you ask the question? She said, because mom told me to tell you dinner would be ready in a couple of secs. A little young for that question. What is, point number one is this, what is pornography? 
Pornography comes from the Greek word pornea. 1 Corinthians 6.18 says, Flee from sexual immorality. All other sins a person commits are outside the body. But whoever sins sexually sins against their own body. The word pornea in Greek, at the time the Bible was written, basically has about four different meanings. Fornication being premarital sex. It's a synonym for adultery. It is a generic sense referring to all forms of unchastity and a specific sense referring to harlotry and prostitution. And that is exactly where pornography takes someone. In fact, the word pornography you'll see on the screen comes into English directly from the Greek word pornographos, which meant writings. Everybody say writings. Writings about prostitutes from the root word prone, harlot, and graphos, writing. So the original word in the Greek was created out of writings about prostitution. I, I went to the dictionaries like I do from time to time, and I thought, I wonder how the dictionary defines it. So I went to 1988 dictionary that I have in my office. I've seen, shown you the, the two different ones I have, the 1988 edition. And I started finding all the words for pornography that are listed in what they're defined as. In fact, in the 1988 edition, porn is defined as short for pornography. Pornographer is a person who writes, etc., pornography, somebody who writes about it. Pornographic is relating to or characterized by pornography. Pornography is defined as obscene literature, photographs, paintings, etc., intended to cause sexual excitement, the treating of obscene subjects in art, literature, etc., and then I found a word I didn't know existed, pornotopia, an idyllic place for sexual activities. So I thought, wonder what my 1828 original edition, Webster, how he defines pornography, porn, or any of these. And to my utter shock and surprise, none of these words appear in the original version of the dictionary because there was no such thing at that point in time. That's pretty amazing. What are some scriptures on pornography? Galatians chapter 5, verse 19 through 21. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures. That is a very a strong leaning to pornography. Idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outburst of anger, selfish ambition... Dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties. Uh, wild parties there is referring really to orgies and other sins like these. The, let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now there are people out there in society will say that what I'm preaching on is, 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 is offensive and you're putting people down, pastor, and you really need to love on people. Listen, I am loving on people when I preach what the Word of God says. I actually care more about somebody's soul in eternity than them to have hurt feelings on this earth. I would rather them have hurt feelings and give their lives to Jesus Christ and go live with Him forever in eternity in heaven than I have make them feel good and bust hell wide open. Is that so bad as a pastor anymore? 1 Thessalonians 4, 3 says, It is God's will that you should be sanctified. Watch this. That you should avoid sexual immorality. So he ties the two together. Hebrews 13, 4. You saw this last week. Marriage should be honored above all. 
and the marriage bed kept pure, for God will judge the adulterer and the sexually immoral. Pornography involves the three basic sins. It's the lust of the flesh, because people want to gratify their lust when they watch it. It is the lust of the eyes, obviously. But did you know it also involves the pride of life? I deserve to be able to see this. I deserve to be able to take a peek. I deserve to be able to look at what I want to look at. So pride begins to rise up. So there, there's all kinds of problems that happen with pornography. And we're going we're gonna to flesh this out as we go. Ephesians 4, 17 through 19 says this. With the Lord's authority, I say this. Live no longer as Gentiles do, for they are hopelessly confused. You could put... Live no longer as most Americans do, for they are hopelessly confused. They're not bad people. They're just sinners that are lost, that need Jesus. We don't look down. We don't beat down. We just tell them the truth and love on them and hopefully love them into the kingdom of God. Amen? Watch this. Their minds are full of darkness. This describes America. They wander far from the life God gives because they have closed their minds and hardened their hearts against Him. They have no sense of shame. I mean, this could be written to America. They live for lustful pleasure and eagerly practice every kind of impurity. So pornography actually involves three types of sin. One is licentiousness. Everybody say licentiousness. That means lacking legal or moral restraints or debauchery. It basically means a license to sin. 2 Corinthians 12, 21. I'm afraid that when I come again, my God will humble me before you and I will be grieved over many who have sinned earlier and have not repented of the impurity, sexual sin, and debauchery in which they have indulged. So the sexual acts on display in pornographic material are acts of fornication and adultery which fall outside of biblical marriage. And when people take part in this kind of enterprise as an observer, as a purchaser or a participator in viewing pornography, they are condoning fornication, they are condoning adultery because none of it is about biblical marriage. And this promoting behavior is itself the sin of licentiousness or the license to sin. Secondly, pornography obviously involves lust, and lust is a sin, and anything that brings us to the point of lust is sinfully corrupting and tempting influence. What do I mean? Jesus said that if you've committed the commission, if you've committed uh, uh, the, the, the sin of lust, you have committed the sin of adultery. It's the same thing God says. So, so let me speak to the men for just a second. When you are watching a girl go down the mall or a woman down the mall and you're undressing her with your mind and in your eyes, you are committing adultery in your heart with that woman. Is it okay to still preach the word of God? Pornographic materials are intended to elicit sexual arousal in our flesh, which is lust. And lust is any arousal of the flesh which occurs in any immoral manner. So, the whole purpose of filming other people engaging in sexually, sexual acts, often grossly distorted and perverted acts, is to entice lust in its audience. There's only one reason that Hugh Hefner created Playboy. 
He was trying to elicit arousal, sexual arousal. There's only one reason that he put pornographic videos out and all over the internet. It's to arouse sexual indulgence. James 1, 14 and 15 says, But each one is tempted when he is carried away and enticed by his own lust. Then when lust has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And when sin is accomplished, it brings forth death. Lust brings forth spiritual death every single time. It's dangerous. You may sit here under the sound of my voice and say, well, it's just in my heart. It's no big deal. It will bring forth death. The word of God is true. Do we still believe the Bible is the word of God? Remember, I started this whole series. Is it a book of fables or is it the word of God? We determined it was the word of God. Well, if it's the word of God, then we got to do something with this. We got to get our hearts clean. Somebody say amen. The third sin it involves is sensuality. Sensuality is relating to or consisting in the gratification of the senses or the indulgence of appetite, fleshly, deficient in moral, spiritual, or intellectual interests, worldly, or irreligious. Watch, so watch this. Watching pornography involves taking pleasure in observing strangers in a state of nakedness, which is the sin of sensuality or lewdness in Scripture. Habakkuk 2.15, woe to him who gives drink to his neighbors, pouring it from the wineskin till they are drunk so that he can gaze on their naked bodies. Basically, Bible, way back in Habakkuk, he says, don't get people drunk so you can gaze on their naked bodies. Glorying in another person's nakedness outside of biblical marriage. Now, now listen, I, I want to be real with you. If you're married, you're supposed to enjoy your spouse's body. Especially if you're a man, you should enjoy your wife's body. It's okay. That's not weird. It's not perverted. Women, your husband is not perverted if he looks at you and likes what he sees. That's supposed to happen. Is that okay to preach? Here we are again. We're like, yeah, uh, I don't know. <laughs> Amen. However, throughout the Bible, we find that those who take pleasure in another person's nakedness outside of biblical marriage... It's depicted as shameful and due condemnation. The Lord sees this conduct as reprehensible. Wow. Several years ago, a youth pastor's wife went to a pastor. It wasn't me. It wasn't a youth pastor that I had at any time. The youth pastor's wife went to the pastor. She said, I got a problem. He said, what's that? She said, my husband, the youth pastor, the only way that he says that we can have any kind of climax in sex is if he's looking at Playboy while he's in the bed with me. And I have a problem with that. <laughs> when I found out and heard that story from someone that I know, I thought, oh, you think? Don't bring stuff like that into the marriage bed. Amen? So what are the social costs? Now, point number two, I'm, 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 I just kind of lay in an introduction, but I'm going to start getting in the nitty-gritty now. Point number two, what are the social costs of pornography? And they're heavy. Here's some stats for you. Only 3% of pornographic websites require proof of age before granting access to sexually explicit material. Did you know it is easier for a child, it, excuse me, it is harder for a child to click on and get on to a game on Nickelodeon, a kid's game, than it is to get on pornography. 97% of pornography out there requires no age. About 75% of porn has a sexual teaser that draws people in to click on it. 
Now, if you're a sports guy and you like to read sports news, there's some sports news websites because they know that 90% of them are going there are guys. They'll have a little ad, maybe a scantily dressed woman on the side trying to entice you to look and to click on for more indulgence. But if you want to know if somebody's looking at pornography, you get their computer. If every website there, there's, there's pop-up ads of half-naked women all over them, it's because that's what they've been clicking on. Is it all right to still preach this? It's called working off an algorithm. So if you're looking for bathroom furniture and you do this several days in a row, guess what's going to pop up on your computer a lot? Bathroom furniture because it's an algorithm that Google does, which, by the way, you can go to DuckDuckGo and they don't trace you. That's what I do now. I don't go to Google. Anyways, moving on. The United States accounts for about $13 billion of the $97 billion made worldwide on pornography. This is more than Hollywood's U.S. box office revenue in 2019 at $11 billion. I had to go back prior to COVID. The movie industry in Hollywood made $11 billion. Pornography made $13 billion. Larger than all the revenues generated by rock and country music recordings, the entire music industry in the U.S. generated $15 billion in 2019. Pornography was just barely under it. As a matter of fact, pornography worldwide brings in more revenue than the NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball, NHL, PGA, and Premier. Don't tell me it's not an industry. Pornography is now consumed by more than 50 million Americans. That is more than the population of Ohio, Kentucky, Indiana, Illinois, Michigan, and West Virginia combined. There is a rise in in home-based amateur pornography now. People are getting paid between $750 and $1,500 an hour to produce their own pornographic videos right there in their own bedrooms. There are 1,000 pornographic films made every year now. That's 30 per day. And the number is rising due to the household amateur uh, porno films. The reason that people get hooked on pornography, hear me now. I've, I've studied this. This is scientific proof. The reason people get hooked on pornography is because the brain can't tell the difference between viewing pornography and an actual sexual experience. The brain thinks when it looks at pornography that it's having sex. And during a sexual experience, the brain releases endorphins, which is a good, feel-good hormone. It's a high, and people are looking for that high. And so because pornography, like drugs, can't fulfill, what happened? Just like a drug, they go back looking. I need one more video, one more picture, one more website to click on because I'm trying to get back to that high of those endorphins that I once had. They like the feeling. Here's some children's stats for you. 92% of boys and 62% of girls are exposed to internet porn before the age of 18. If you have a boy, it's very probable that they've been exposed to pornography and a girl. 70% of boys and 23% of girls have spent more than 30 consecutive minutes viewing porn. 83% of boys and 57% of girls have seen group sex on the internet. 65% of boys and 53% of girls have seen porn showing homosexuality. 39% of boys and 23% of girls have seen online sexual acts involving bondage, stuff like Fifty Shades of Grey. We had two couples in our church one time that the couples decided for unknown reasons to go watch Fifty Shades of Grey. 
I did not, would not ever watch that movie, but I read about it, and it's graphically pornographic. It involves pain during the sexual act. It's a wicked, nasty movie. These two couples decided to go, regular church attenders, and go watch this. Beyond me, why any woman would want her husband to go watch that. But then they were in my office about three months later crying because he had went out and committed adultery on her. And I just simply said, well, you put pornography right in his face. You condoned it when you sat next to him. You endorsed it. You said it's okay. And now you wonder why he went out and did it. Women, do not bring pornography into your home. Your man can't handle it. I'm going to say it again. Your man cannot handle it. Let me help you some more. Your little Victoria's Secret magazine may be okay for you, but don't let your man go to the mailbox and pull that out, the half-naked women on it, because it's going to put images in his mind that he's going to have a hard time getting rid of. Is it okay for me to still preach real? This is real stuff, folks. I, I'm t- I came in one day, there was a Victoria's Secret. I looked at Holly, I said, Holly... Call Victoria Seager and tell them, don't ever send this again. And she just kind of looked at me. I said, I don't need to see them ladies airbrushed, not real, and panties in a bra on my living room table. Call them and tell them, don't ever send this to our house again. It's okay to do that, guys. Listen, I know this is a taboo thing, but gentlemen, you got to talk to your wives. She is free to ask me anything she wants at any time. She will. How's your thought life? I will not lie to her. Have you looked at anything? No, I'm clean. You, there's a freedom in that. Some of you men maybe say, oh, I'm doing that with my wife. Listen, there's a freedom to be able to look at my wife and say, yeah, my thought life's good. Amen. And you should be able to have that kind of conversation. Is this okay? You still want to hear this? I'm going on. Amen. 22% of adolescent females ages 13 and 19 and 36% of young women, 20 to 26, have sent nude photos or videos of themselves to other people. Girls are getting talked into sending a nude picture of themselves to their boyfriend who then when they break up sends that picture to everybody in the school. And then what's happening to these poor girls is they're getting so humiliated and embarrassed and bullied about it they go wind up committing suicide. Folks, this is real stuff we are dealing with in society. Look, it is harder now for children and people than it ever has been. When I was in school, you didn't have cell phones. You didn't even have an internet. You had a pager. If you had that, how many knows that the pager went off? Beep, beep, beep. You know the one. And then if you were really cool, you could put numbers. You flip it around and you could send a message. How many know what I'm talking about? Come on now. You know. You didn't have it all in your face. But listen, don't stick your head in the sand if you're a wife in here and say, oh, I don't have to worry about it. Listen, it's everywhere. For crying out loud, you about can't watch a commercial anymore without some kind of junk on it. 35% of teen boys say they have viewed porn videos too many times to count. In a study with Josh McDowell Ministries, among teens and young adults use porn uh, using porn was fifth on the list of possible immoral actions. Listen to their list from top to bottom. Taking something that belongs to someone else, stealing. Having a romantic relationship with someone other than a spouse, fornication or adultery. 
saying something that isn't true, a lie, not recycling, and viewing pornographic images. They ranked viewing pornography less than not recycling. More than half of U.S. teens and adults say it really doesn't bother me to use porn. Yes, it does. It's destroying you from the inside out. It's even rampant at work. A study by Nielsen Media Research showed in just one month, employees from IBM, Apple, and AT&T visited the penthouse website 12,823 times at work. Compact computer dismissed 20 employees, obviously they're not around anymore, but at the time, each of whom had access sex-related websites more than 1,000 times. Companies such as general product lines, phone companies like AT&T, who own subsidiaries like DirecTV, are getting rich off the sales of pornography. So, we know the social costs. Let's talk about the negative effect. Point number three is this. Pornography has a negative effect. Everybody say a negative effect. Pornography is addictive. It's addictive because of the triple threat. Accessible, affordable, and anonymous. It's accessible because it's at the click of the phone or the click of a button. It's affordable because most of it on the internet is free and there's no charge. It's also anonymous, so no longer do you have to, like when I was a kid, if you wanted to participate in something like that, I'm going back now, you had to duck, you had to go to a seedy part of town, you had to duck into a triple X movie house and hope nobody saw you so you could go in and watch what you wanted to watch. Well, now all that stuff is right there at the click of a button in your home, your automobile, or anywhere. Another factor that has to be added to this is accidental. Kids, kids click on something innocently and something pops up and they know it's wrong, but they feel something inside and they like what they feel so they're drawn back to it again. The other day I was looking for something online uh, Haley's getting ready to graduate, and I thought we were going to have to rent a place. So I was looking online at a, at a, at a place that, uh, uh, that you, you could get like an Airbnb. And it's right there. You just see the Airbnb, and it says, oh, and it's got the name of the Airbnb.com. So I clicked on it, and it was full-fledged pornography. Well, obviously, I X'd out. As soon as Holly walked in the door, I pulled up, the, not that page, but the page previous. And I said, okay, you see this? She said, I see that. I said, you see this? I said, what would you think? She said, well, I would think that would be you click on to go and, and look at pictures of the place. And I said, well, don't click on that because it's full-fledged pornography. I, I'm, I, I want that out in the open. Listen, when you turn the lights on, the cockroaches scatter. I didn't purposely go look at pornography. It was on there by, like, deviousness and by accident. How many of you have accidentally clicked on a website and it was some kind of pornographic thing before? Am I the only one that's happened? I mean, this happened like a week ago. I said, Holly, you need to see this. I need to show you this because I don't want you looking at history and think, oh my God, pastor's been gone crazy. He's looking at pornography now. No, not looking at pornography. They tricked me on this. So you got to get that stuff in the open. Is that okay? Don't hide it. It's going to eat you up. Listen, you can't win this on your own. You will be defeated and you will die a slow death spiritually unless you get a handle on this and I'm going to show you how to do that at the end of this service. Pornography is so habit-forming, people have to have one more look. They want to have one more picture to look at, one more video to watch, one more website to click on. As a matter of fact, Augustine said, habit, if not resisted, soon becomes necessity. So, 
What factors contribute to people viewing pornography? Social isolation, when people are always alone. Secondly, high stress levels. People take out their high stress in different ways. Some people go get drunk and party. Some people smoke dope. Some people turn on pornography because they feel like it's a way to get rid of stress. Third, high amounts of unstructured free time. Not good for your teenagers or anybody. Fourth, the forbidden fruit syndrome. You know, don't do this. Well, the human nature says, well, that's what I want to do. <laughs> Isn't that right? You tell the two-year-old, don't touch the pot. It's hot. It'll burn you. What does the two-year-old do? They touch the pot. Then they cry and they realize, oh, they were just trying to protect me. What God is trying to do with stuff like messages on pornography and the right kind of sex and all these things I've been preaching is to prevent pain. Somebody say amen. It's destroying, pornography is destroying marriages. 58% of divorces in America include internet, pornography, or as at least part of the reason. It devalues women, it objectifies them. Instead of a person to be loved, cared for, and respected, they're seen as an object of gratification. We had a couple in our church one time, and the, the husband was pretty active and involved in the church, and he came to me and he said, hey, I got to resign everything. I said, well, what's going on? He said, well, he said, I, I've been watching pornos at the house. And he said, you know, my wife caught me and I, I need to come get it all out in the open. And I need to resign and I got to get my heart right. And I said, okay, well, you know, we're not casting stones. We're going to be praying and we're going to walk you through a restoration process. But his wife was devastated, as you can imagine. And she went to work and her friends at work, who are not Christians, Begin to ask her, what's wrong, what's wrong? For a while, she wouldn't tell him. Finally, she just cried. She said, I, well, my husband, he's been watching pornography every night. It's a, I go to bed, he stays up late, he's watching pornography, and I'm just devastated. And she said, every girl she worked with looked at her and said, well, so what's the problem? My, my husband watches pornography. I don't care. That's the, world, that's the way the world thinks now. But that's not the way God thinks. God created intimacy, listen, for marriage, and you can't be intimate with a piece of paper, a video, or a website. According to numerous studies, prolonged exposure to pornography leads to these things. A diminished trust between intimate couples, obviously. The belief that promiscuity is natural. In other words, well, they're promiscuous on the video screen, so I guess that's what, how it should be. So I'm going to be promiscuous. It's cynicism about love and the need for affection between sexual partners. In other words, what they're viewing in pornography is never about love. It's about a sexual, physical experience that oftentimes includes physical pain and all kinds of other stuff. So they begin to think, and they're being reprogrammed into thinking that's how our marriage is supposed to be. The belief that marriage is sexually confining... Wilt Chamberlain bragged he bedded 10,000 women. Ric Flair did recently, and a Hollywood actress recently did. Like, that's something to be proud of. I've been to bed with 10,000 people. Oh, my gosh. And we're going to admit that, and then we're going to say it so we can be proud of this? A lack of attraction to family and child raising, because that's never promoted in pornography. It's creating an increase. Here's some dangerous things. It's creating an increase in sexual crimes. Listen to this. High porn users were found to score higher on acceptance, listen, of rape, acceptance of violence against women, adversarial sex beliefs, report likelihood of committing rape and forced sexual acts. Here's something that blew me away when I studied this. 
Women who watch pornographic videos that include rape or some type of forced sexual acts are actually now wanting to be raped and experience it. That's how devilish and sadistic and demonic this stuff is. Folks, this is serious. Pornography is a gateway experience that opens the door for more intense sexual behavior. People cross the flesh line. Sexual behavior moves from something online or a photograph into something that happens for real. When hundreds of scenes were analyzed from the 50 top selling adult films, 88% of scenes contained acts of physical aggression and 49% of scenes contained verbal aggression. That neither one should ever enter into a marriage bed. Yet that's what's being promoted. Pornography is including and creating sexual addiction. What is sexual addiction? According to Pat Carnes, 1996, sexual addiction and porn addiction can be understood as a pathological relationship to a mood-altering sexual experience. This includes addictive sex that contains... Uh, that w- that within the context of marriage, where the spouse is seen as an object, and again, not somebody to be loved and cared for and respected. Pornography is destroying the lives of those participating in it. Listen to this. Ex-porn star Tanya Burleson says men and women in pornography do drugs because they can't deal with the way they're being treated in the industry. Imagine that. A 2012 s- survey of porn actresses demonstrated 79% of porn stars have used marijuana, 50% have used ecstasy, 44% have used cocaine, and 39% have used hallucinogens because they can't deal with what they're doing. This is disturbing. Watching just five hours of porn has proven to significantly change people's sexual beliefs and attitudes. Five hours. This is real. Now, I've given you a lot of tough news, but how many of you are ready for some good news? We're going to end this good. Amen? Point number four is you can overcome pornography. Everybody say you can overcome pornography. Amen. I don't know who's in here, but you're not bound. God was here to free you. There is hope. You can be delivered. Let me share a few scriptures and we'll close. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is what? Faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so you can endure it. I remember when I first got saved, I I wanted to continue to drink bad. Man, I wanted to continue to get drunk. And I would say, God, I can't. I get Friday night. I can't help it. I got to go get drunk. And the Lord would say, no, you don't. Romans 6.14 says, for sin shall no longer have dominion over you. You are no longer under the law, but under grace. In other words, God spoke to me and he said, no, you're not bound and you can be free. You just got to trust in my grace. Somebody say amen. Grace is not the big cover up. Grace is empowerment to where we don't have to sin. Somebody say amen. Amen. Psalm 119.37, 
turn my eyes away from worthless things. Preserve my life according to your word. I want to show you how many scriptures in there that will help you to get past pornography. Psalm 101.3, I will set nothing wicked before my eyes. I hate the work of those who fall away. It shall not cling to me. Job 31 and 1, I made a covenant with my eyes not to look with lust at a young woman. Man, I hope everybody in here, every man, every woman, anybody, would look say, I'm making a covenant with my eyes not to ever lust with somebody else. Psalm 119, 9 through 11, how can a young person stay on the path of purity? By living according to your word. That's why I hope you read the Bible every single day. That's why I hope you go through the Bible every year. That's why I hope you go behind me and study the word for yourself. That's why I hope you constantly get the word in. Because when you get the word in, it gets the sin out. It gets you right with God. You get, you get the good stuff in, it flushes the bad stuff out. Somebody say amen. amen. By living according to your word, I seek you with all my heart. Do not let me stray from your commands. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. This is not the bad news. This is the good news. God is telling us if we get the word inside of us, we don't no longer have to be bound by sin. There is freedom. For who the Son is set free is what? But where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is. To him who knows the truth, the truth shall make you. Philippians 4, 8. Listen, if there's one scripture I would encourage you to memorize if you struggle with this. It's this one. This is the eight-part test of every thought that enters your mind. Finally, brothers, whatever is true... Whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's any moral excellence, if there's any praise, dwell on these things. Any thoughts that enter your mind that violate even one part of these eight, in the name of Jesus, has got to go. That's called bringing every thought captive to the obedience of Christ and saying, nope, if that thought violates one of these eight or more than one of the eight, it's out in Jesus' name. It's not good for me. It's not what God wants me to think, whether it's a pornographic nature or a nature of one that's doubt or whatever it might be. That is a great test to say, wait, is this thought from God? Well, is it true? Is it honorable? Is it all these things? It's a great scripture to memorize. James 5, 16, therefore confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is power, powerful and effective. Listen, God's job is forgiveness of sin, but you get healed and delivered through your confession to someone to help you. You turn the lights on, the cat cockroaches scatter. You will not believe some of the things that men have come to me about and told me that they're involved in this, that, and the other. I, don't, I just pray with them and say, man, now it's out in the open. Listen, here, if you hear nothing else, I'm almost done. Please listen to me. The devil works in darkness. So you know what the devil's going to want you to do right now? He's going to be don't, don't, don't you say nothing. That, that, that you'll be embarrassed. That what will somebody think of you? What will this? What will that? You better keep this a secret. Why? Because he works in darkness. So if he can get you to keep it internally and never get it out, Guess what? He's going to continue to ransack you. But Jesus works in light. And when you get it out in the light, there's no more room for the devil to work. Are you hearing what I'm saying?
You can do things like covenant eyes, which is a subscription. It monitors where you go and send it to your spouse or someone else. Pray. Spend time in the presence of God. Listen to this. This Studies have shown this. Watch this. This, this. this blows me away. Are you ready? Everybody say, I'm ready. After 15 minutes of prayer, the part of the brain that is moved by pornography is shut down or quieted. Now, some of you... You may never have dealt with this in your life, and it's not an issue for you. For someone else that may be under the sound of my voice, that you're bound by this, and it haunts you in the middle of the night, and it haunts you to go view it, i got to tell you something. Fifteen minutes in the prayer closet with God will shut that down. That's how awesome God is. So if you'll just get in the light and tell somebody, not, not someone that's going to go post it all over to social media, but somebody that you trust that will pray with you and keep it quiet. And you'll pray, God will deliver you. So how do you get free? Well, for all males, you can reach out to me. All you got to do is, man, I'm here to help. I want to tell you something. You are not alone and you don't have to fight this battle on your own. I'm going to say this again. You are not alone and you don't have to fight this battle alone. As a matter of fact, you can't fight this battle alone. You'll never win. You turn the lights on, the cockroaches scatter. Women, if you have a problem with this, you know, years ago it was always men, but now women are just as involved in pornography as men are. Holly's right here. We're here to help. There's other people, elders and elders' wives here to help you. We are here to pray with you. Is that okay? Can we have the kind of church where it's okay to be spiritually mature enough that if somebody actually has a problem in an area like this, they can go and like get prayer and not have stones cast at them? Is this okay? We're a, we're a church that believes in freedom. We're also not going to look down on you because you've done this, that, or other, or whatever. We have materials that can help you. We have a, a, a book that we can put in your hands in a workbook called Bondage Breaker. It's phenomenal. It's full of prayers and teachings that will help get you free. You can be free from lust. You can be free from pornography. You can be free from sexual sins. There is hope. I'm passionate about this. It's destroying people's lives. It's not innocent. It's not, well, just take a peek. It's not what everybody else is doing. This is serious. It's destroying people. But I want to tell you there's freedom. Man, I'd like for you to bow your heads and close your eyes. Well, I'm not silly enough to think anybody's going to raise their hand or come forward. But... I do want to encourage you. While your head's bowed and your eyes are closed. If this is an area where you're struggling. If you're a female, you reach out to Holly. If you're a male, you reach out to me. That's the appropriate. But pastor, someone, uh, oh, it'll leak. No, it doesn't leak. <laughs> There's been couples since we've pastored this church whom you know and have known that have had adultery in their lives. And we helped them through it and nobody in this room ever knew about it. Because it was none of your business. So guess what? We do the same thing with you. We're just here to help, folks. 
I want to encourage you if you're married that you you just you just get out there with your spouse. I, I want you men, I want you to be able to go to your wives tonight when when the kids are in bed or however, and you just say, I want you to ask me, honey, how's my thought life? And when she says, how's your thought life? I want you to have the courage to, to say, here's how it is and just admit whatever it might be. Man, I sense some healing coming. If you'll have the courage to do it, God will bond your marriage closer than it's ever been and bring you healing. The darkness no longer has power over you. You are not under the law, but under grace.